Mr. Benfica is a production of the PTB Media Network. All rights reserved. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Himalaya, Pod Paradise, TuneIn, Breaker, and now available on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and also on Audible for Amazon Prime subscribers. As always, select episodes available on YouTube and, of course, at www.mrbenfica.com. Please like, share, and rate the show on your preferred platform. Enjoy the show. Benfica Nation, welcome to another episode of Mr. Benfica. This is a little mini episode. This isn't a full episode, but this is a little mini episode. I am calling it episode 144. This is a background information slash preview episode of the Portuguese Cup third round tie taking place Saturday, October the 15th. Caldas Sport Club versus Sport Lisboa Benfica. My two clubs take on each other, my, my amateur club versus my professional club, if you will, taking each other on here in round three of the Portuguese Cup, and I cannot wait. And um, I thought it'd be appropriate since, um, you know, most most people don't follow the Liga 3 very closely, uh, the Liga 3, uh, but I, I f- do follow it fairly closely because I follow Kaldish. So I thought I was going to give some background information on the opponent this weekend, the amateur opponent uh, that Benfica will be taking the pitch against Saturday at the Mata Encantada, or as we call it, the, uh, well, we call it the Mata Encantada, translated to the Enchanted Forest. Um, again, an all Amateur side uh, lining up against Sport Lisboa this weekend. Uh, Caldas Sport Club, founded in 1916, have played their home matches at the Camp da Mata, as it's officially known, the field in the in the woods, the field in the forest, uh, since 1939, 1938, something like that. Uh, the stadium holds about 9,800 fans, uh, but for this match. 
the capacity has been reduced to about 4,600 from what I'm reading, according to Abola, according to Record, between 46 and 4,800 uh, spots have been uh, have been made available for this match due to security reasons. Again, ah, uh, this is this is such a rabbit hole with Portuguese football. This this whole thing about quote unquote security reasons and. Again, there's just too much bureaucracy in Portugal. I talk about this all the time. Uh, it's really, it shouldn't be relevant, but it seems to weave its way into football all the time. And again, a country which is way too much bureaucracy, too much government overreach, too much government oversight. And uh, this is no different as, you know, the authorities have, have put a cap on how many people can be at this stadium for supposed security risks. I don't buy it, okay? this Again, this is more Mickey Mousery from the Portuguese Federation and from the Portuguese authorities. The stadium is in the middle of a forest. It's very easy to secure, okay? You can't even drive into the stadium. You have to drive outside uh, outside of the park from which the stadium is located in, and you come in through a gate, okay? Every single person will come in through a gate. It's very, very easy to secure, very practical, okay? Um there's no reason to leave half the stadium empty, uh, but they are going to use empty seats as barricades between sets of supporters for some unknown reason. I mean, you have the biggest club in Portugal, biggest club in the world, taking on a tiny little city club. <laughs> I mean, these two clubs haven't faced in an official match since like 1956. Okay. And they, I don't know. This It's just ridiculous. Uh, Calders were forced to replace their entire pitch this week yes this week the pitch that they will play on saturday was installed on thursday i also find this ridiculous okay when you watch the the fa cup in england if manchester city or manchester united or liverpool draw away to wrexham fc or rex yeah wrexham fc or they draw wimbledon afc or they draw away to you know, Oxford United, Yeovil Town, Scunthorpe United, they're going to play on the pitch that is there. Scunthorpe United is not going to replace their pitch or be forced to replace their pitch because Liverpool is coming to town or because Manchester United is coming to town. They're going to play on the pitch as long as it is playable within reason. And again, Caldish play in the Liga Three, the Liga Trish. It is a professional league. They are the only amateur team in that league, okay? Uh, right now, they do sit second in in their city of the of the division, but more on that in a moment. I'm going to get back to my rant here on the conditions and, and on all of the money that had to been dumped into making the stadium, quote-unquote, playable or, quote-unquote, suitable to receive Benfica. And, and um, this is just, again, this is only in Portugal. I mean, within reason, the, this, the stadium <laughs> is better now than it was. It's better and more suited now than it was when it hosted the Portuguese Cup semifinal in 2018. So that is the big story uh, for the club known as College Sport Club. And again, when, when uh, the podcast is on video format, this episode is not. But when it is, uh, many notice a jersey that that's, hangs behind me along with the Benfica jersey. That is the Caldas jersey. Okay, I have a number of family members who have represented the club. And uh, that particular one was a gift given to me, a match-worn jersey by one of my cousins uh, that wore it back in the early 90s. But uh, 
again, uh, the stadium has the conditions for this match. It's it's a bit of an overreach as to what had to happen this week. And there was also the the polemica, the controversy as to would it be played at the Mata, would it be moved to Rio Maior is where I'm hearing it might, It was supposed to be moved to Rio Maior is a city not or a town not too far away uh, from Caldas de Reina. And it's a, there's a complex there with a the stadium. It's mostly a training complex, but there is a, uh, there is a stadium there that used to be home and it may still be home to many of the youth national teams, um, that entire complex. And at the moment, uh, Villa Franquense of the second division of the Liga 2, they they play their home matches, not in Villa Franquense, where they are from, not in their stadium that they own, but they play uh, at Rio Mayor. And I think um, the rumors were that's where like, this game was going to go because the municipal stadium in Ladia, not available this weekend. But the president of Caldas uh, did everything once again that he did, just as he did in 2018, to get this stadium up to the ridiculous standards that is not demanded um, of any other teams in the round that are not hosting the big three. Okay, there. this again is the story of Portuguese football. When you host the big three, all of a sudden there's extra conditions that have to be met. And yes, this is Mr. Benfica, and I know this doesn't sound like it right now, but I'm just I'm just giving the backstory of what I've been following all week, what I've been reading about all week. Uh, so, ridiculously, Thursday, a new pitch was installed. How it's supposed to root by Saturday is beyond me. That's just not going to happen. Anyone that knows anything uh, about these things know that the roots are not going to take root in, in three days. It's just not going to happen. And, uh, Probably going to be a more treacherous pitch now than it would have been. Yeah, the pitch was not perfect. There was a little bumpy before. There were some dry spots, but it was by no means dangerous. By no means. I watched the team play there just two weeks ago against Sporting Covilha. I watched the match on TV, the, the second round match that qualified Caldas for this, this round and ultimately got their name pulled out of the hat to take on Befica. Uh, the match was played there couple of dry spots, but the pitch was by no means dangerous. There's plenty of width. There's more talk also about uh, additional lighting had to be installed, which I find baffling because you look at the condition of a stadium in the first division, for example, from Riuav, Kampdamata is in better condition than Riuav Stadium is. Riuav is missing an entire stand. Uh, how many stadiums in the Portuguese League do we see are, are, are dark every weekend? Every weekend, okay? But for some reason, when it comes to this, uh, competition, it suddenly becomes such a requirement that you need certain illumination, certain levels, higher levels of lighting. Um, so the club had to spend a ton of money. Uh, they were, they are, from what I understand, being somewhat subsidized by the city, which, again, like I said, too much bureaucracy, too much needing of 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 things like that. This, this match could have very well been played in the condition that the stadium was already in. I'm not backing down from that. No, uh, it, it was not a dangerous pitch. There's plenty of illumination. They play night games in the Liga 3 all season. There's plenty of night games. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe the visitor's locker room is not luxurious. Maybe that's the case. But this is the beauty of cup football when the when the Giants go to play the Minnows, when you when the professionals go to play the amateurs, uh, I just find it, you know, a, a complete exaggeration of, of what's necessary. And uh, but but credit to pre the president, um, 
George Hage is the name of the president of Kaldish, longtime president at this point. He he got the job done, and and uh, yesterday, middle of the afternoon here in the United States, you know, early in the evening, Portuguese time, it was the club announced officially that the match would in fact take place at the Mata this weekend, and. In a way that only the Portuguese can, tickets went on sale today. And they will remain on sale to Saucius only for the home for both clubs, essentially, because Benfica is getting about 800 tickets for this match. The rest are being sold by Caldish, and they're going to Saucius first uh, with the expectation that they will sell out before Friday um, at 2 p.m. East, uh, not Eastern, at 2 p.m. Portuguese Standard Time Friday. Uh, any tickets left will go on sale to the general public at a cost of 20 euros per. And um, again, only in Portugal do tickets go on sale two, not, two days before a match of this caliber. And uh, again, I don't know why the FPF puts these rounds so close together. If you're going to make all of these demands on small amateur teams, they should have at least a month to come to come up with it. It's been only two weeks. Last week, Kaldas were scheduled to host Alverca in the Liga Trish. The two teams agreed in a very gentleman-like, in a very sporting-like manner to swap uh, home in a way. So rather than playing at home, Kaldas traveled to Alverca last week. They drew nil-nil. And um, in the second half of the season, Alverca will then travel to Kaldish, so they've inverted the schedule so that uh, they've swapped home matches so that the pitch could be installed and so that we could have this match this weekend for the Portuguese Cup. Again, 3.45 Eastern time here in the United States, 12.45 Pacific, 8.45 p.m. Portuguese time. Um, again, Camp da Mata in Kaldish, the Reina in, in uh, a city that owns my heart, if you will. Uh, an ancestral home of mine, and I wish I could be there. I can't. Uh, that's obvious. But even if I could, I would not have been able to secure a ticket. It's pretty obvious. Everyone I, I've talked to back there, um, none of them, nobody was was confident they were going to secure a ticket for this one. But let's get to the football. So Benfica's opponent this week, uh, again, like I said, play in the Liga Trej in the Liga Three. The only fully amateur team in Liga 3. Uh, and they are led by the manager, Zavala, who has been at the helm for, for quite a while, probably a decade now. He was the manager of the famous you know, 2018 run to the Portuguese Cup semifinals. I can refresh your memory a little bit about that if you don't remember. That year, Kalish made it all the way to the, sec to the semifinal, uh, losing an extra time after two legs, losing an extra time to first division side, Sportiv de Zavsh, okay? Losing the first leg of the semifinal, 1-0 away, winning the second leg at home, 1-0, and thus meaning that they had to go to a 30-minute extra time right there. And that's when uh, Al Avsh were able to score two goals in extra time and end up booking their ticket to Jambord, but this amateur team was uh, that close to the Jambord, which would have been a final against Sporting. Um, it wasn't meant to be, but it was a memorable, memorable run. Uh, again, that run brought in the type of finances that upgraded the stadium, that gave this stadium the facelift it needed, and this stadium is more than capable of hosting a match of this magnitude. Um, 
that was, you know, so now Calder's just trying to build on that. Of course, it's a double-edged sword in being an amateur team playing in, in a competition like the Portuguese Cup because year after year, I do, I do admit, year after year, when they get to the third round, I have my fingers crossed. I've wanted them to draw Benfica every single year. This year, it finally happened because what that's going to do for the club is going to be immense financially for the long run. Um, the club right now is is doing well. Like I said, uh, in the Liga Three, they are in the the Serie B of the Liga Three or the Serie Sul, if you will. And I have the the table here. They sit second place right now. After five matches, Caldas sits second place, two high, two points behind the leaders, uh, Bulanesh, and even on points with third and fourth place, Fontinez and Sporting B. Uh, behind them, Union Leiria, Amora, Vitoria, Stubal, Oliveira do Hospital, Alverca, Real Massama, Moncarpachense, and at the bottom of the table in Liga 3 Serie B is Academica Coimbra. And um, interestingly enough, okay, like I said, the team, despite being a fully amateur team, is taking it to these professionals and right now sitting, you know, near the top of the table in one of the the spots that could qualify them for the promotion playoffs later in the in the season. But the difference is, you know, you have the deep, you had the deep cup run in 2018, which was great, which galvanized the city, which, you know, brought a lot of attention and, and plenty of, of prize money to the club. But the reality is drawing Befica is even bigger. Um, from a financial sense, if you'd rather play Befica in round three or get to the semifinals, you'd rather play Befica in round three. Befica brings with it, you know, obviously traveling support. Uh, it brings the demand for tickets. It brings TV money. And Benfica typically are one of the nice guys that do uh, donate their half uh, of the, the pot, if you will, uh, in terms of TV and, and in terms of ticket, the gate money back to these amateur clubs when they draw them in round three. So I'm hoping that that's the case, obviously, because what's pocket change for Befica is life-changing for Caldas Sport Club. But enough, again, about money and enough about the off-the-pitch stuff. On the pitch, Caldas play typically in a 3-5-2. Uh, they're led by their captain, Thomas Militão, uh, a center back 30 years old. He has played his entire career with Caldas Sport Club. And when I say his entire career, I mean since he was a small child. He is known in the city and around the club as the Totti of Caldas because Totti obviously played for Roma and only Roma in his career. Tomas Militão, same thing, has only played for Caldas as time and time again. Uh, he's turned down offers to go to other clubs and to turned professional and has said, you know, on on uh, Canal Ones' program when um, Candido Costa travels, it's called Candido on tour, one episode Candido went to Caldas, spoke to Thomas Militão, Thomas Militão <laughs> told Candido he has rejected as much as a triple wage, okay, triple his wages, what he earns today, um, I believe he's a physical education teacher as well. I don't quote me on that, but I believe that is his his primary occupation. 
and he was he has had offers to go professional in football and to earn triple what he earns, and he has turned it down because he has he likes his life the way it is, and he's loyal to his club, and he has said that he wants to be a professional, but he wants to be a professional at this club. Uh, which means obviously that he wants to win promotion into the Liga Two, and and then you know realize that dream. Uh, he he anchors the back line along with with uh, some some other good players, and I'm gonna pull up their their lineup from their last league match. Okay, um, again their last match was against Alverca a week ago. Okay. And Josef Valla did say, and he's already had the pregame presser. He had it today, and he told the press that he was asked with if there's any player on Benfica he'd like to see get the weekend off. He said he would love to see Rafa not play against uh, Kaldas because it's, you know, he he makes an obvious uh, assessment that there isn't anybody that can stay with Rafa on this roster. Um, the last eleven. So the the goalkeeper Luis Palu was back in goal. Uh, last week against Alverca. In round two of the Portuguese Cup, the backup Wilson Suarez played. Uh, Colombian back uh, Jordi Marcelo is also, uh, was also in the starting lineup along with Andrea Souza and uh, Tomás Militão. Uh, we got wingbacks, some of the wingbacks on the team that uh, are known. Nuno Januari wears the number 10 but plays wide. He uh, also a long time, long time, uh, member of this team. And actually, I'll just read you the, the 11. So Luis Paulo was in goal. The three across the back was Milito, Andrea Souza, and Jordi Marcelo, like I said. Uh, in midfield, or as a wing back, was Nuno Januario down the right with João Silva down the left. A trio in midfield uh, anchored by Andrea Pech. Uh, he's one of the top players in the team. And he's got the Brazilian Leandro Borges to one side. And then the young 18-year-old who just made his debut two matches ago. He made his debut against Sporting de Covidão, if I'm not mistaken, in the Portuguese Cup. Called up from the U19s. His name is Miguel Rabelo. He wears number 60. As of the last game I saw, he didn't even have his name on his jersey yet. He was the only player. Uh, he plays in the midfield. He's a, a good, young, tall Strong midfielder. Keep an eye on him. I th he impressed uh, in against Cuvillan. I'm interested to see what he can do in a match against the type of players that Benfica are obviously going to put on the pitch. And no, even if if Roger Schmidt, you know, if Roger uh, rotates his squad, even obviously that that is going to be a huge step up from what you see in Liga Thresh. So. Uh, I am excited to see what this, this group of players can do up front. Enrique Enrique is one of the strikers, along with another icon of the club, wearing the number 32 jersey. Real name, João Rodrigues, known locally as Tarzan. Uh, actually, a family that my family knows. <laughs> knows personally from what my father has told me, that uh, my grandfather knew knew the Tarzan family from the nickname. Once I told him the nickname, he knew who, who, who the family was. He's got a, he's an interesting uh, story. He's a goal scorer. He's one of the top goal scorers in the history of the club. Uh, he also played his youth football at college left a few years ago. He actually left a few years ago, went to play for, he signed with Les Choins in the Liga two was then loaned from Les Choins to Bissad B Okay, so the B team for Bissad played alongside Tiago Isgayu, 
who's also played for, for college and today plays for Oroca, not Ricardo Isgayu, his younger brother, Tiago Isgayu. Uh, the two of them were loaned uh, to Bolognese Sadbi or B Sadbi. And actually, uh, João Rodrigues did make a, does have one appearance in the Liga Portugal in the first division. He's the only player in this team with first division uh, experience, having played a match for Bissad some time ago. He then returned to the club and has been here ever since. And again, much like uh, the others, the majority of the players in this club are local. They are from the city. They're either from, from, from you know, the college municipality or they're from Abidouj or they're from Paniche. The majority of the team are from these locales uh, or they're from Nazaré, for example, uh, another town not far away. Um, these are all local players. This is a community team. The, the The club has, there is a little bit of division at the club that I've seen just from the social media within the fan base. Some want the team to invest heavier and go get more players and may really make a push to be promoted into the second division, while others prefer the local flavor and prefer watching players they know and players they've seen grow up play and if promotion happens, great. If not, they support the team anyway. Um, the club is pretty insistent on staying amateur at this level and uh, using local players. And it has worked to their success uh, until until Vitoria Stubal dropped into the Liga 3. Okay, Until they were fighting for promotion last season, Caldas had... The record attendance in Liga 3 at just over 8,000. Of course, that's not going to be possible in this match. Like I said, due to security reasons, the capacity has been reduced. Those are some of the key players in the Kaldish team. And, uh, you know, there's also some guys on the bench that have that have done well this season. And I'll be interested to see what Jose Valla does with them and what the plan. Obviously, the plan is to stay in the match and to, to keep Befica off the scoreboard as long as possible. He has said he's not he's not sitting back. He has said that they're going to go try to play against Befica. We'll, we will see what happens. Obviously, Benfica should have no problem winning this match. Let's be honest here. Okay, I don't think anyone expects that. But we have seen Benfica at this round in the past have trouble uh, in recent years. So we go back to, uh, I think it was 2019, uh, Benfica traveled to Vizela, then in the Campeonato Portugal, the, the third division at that time, before the creation of the Liga 3. Uh Benfica traveled to Vizela, and it took a late winner to, to advance. We saw them struggle against Montalegre uh, in one of the other seasons as well. Last year, if I'm not mistaken, it was Primeiro uh, Dezembro, maybe. Um, I don't remember, but no, I'm, I'm struggling now to remember who they who it was last year that they struggled to beat. I believe they needed Benfica needed extra time at this round last year to advance, and uh, well. While I have my phone here, I'll tell you exactly who it was. Was it Vila? It might have even been Vila Franquense. Let me see. Last year's uh, Portuguese Cup. Um, throw fence last year that if you could travel to on this weekend for the third round, they traveled to uh, a trofa to take on throw fence in front of 4,265 fans. So similar size stadium. Uh, against the second division side, um, Trofense. 
So it was actually not even a Liga 3 team. It was a Liga 2 team. So that explains why Benfica had a little more trouble. Uh, Benfica winning 2-1 after extra time last year. But I remember before that, I remember specifically playing. I can't remember if it was Sintrans or if it was Premier Zembro. One of the teams from Sintra. And I remember also Benfica taking on uh, Montalegre and Vizela and having trouble, you know, getting through this round. So we will see what what transpires. But uh, this is a different Benfica. This is a better Benfica. And I think Roger Schmidt is going to use some guys we haven't seen a lot of. But I believe one of them is going to be Julian Draxler. And I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for the Kaldish players to get to play against a, a player of the caliber of Julian Draxler. And who knows? May, maybe Schmidt is going to put the, the team out there full speed ahead. There's no cup game. I mean, there's no European game midweek next week. So this is the last dress rehearsal for Porto. Maybe he's going to go full speed ahead. And he's going to put his strongest team out there. And we're going to see all the stars. Maybe we'll see what happens. I, I expect to see some steady play from Frederick uh, Auschnitz. I expect to see. Uh, I mean, I'm actually interested to see who plays uh, across the back. Um, Atamendi, I'm going to guess, is going to be rested for this one. And I don't know if we're going to see. I don't know the status, to be honest with you, of the Joan Vitors and the Fab and the the. Verissimus and the Moratus right now. Um, so maybe the, the back two, maybe maybe it will be Otamendi and, and José Silva. Who knows? Uh, you probably see John Brooks in this one, actually. I think we're actually, we're going to see John Brooks. Um, so my probable center back pairing would be Silva and Brooks for this one. Um, I could be wrong, but I could see that happening. I think you're going to see Gilberto get the start at right back. Probably Ristich at the left back position. And then in midfield, that's where you start to see uh, where you wonder where he's going to go with this. Are we going to see uh, Chiquinho? Probably going to see Chiquinho and Diogo Gonçalves. Now, Chiquinho has played against Kaldish before, and he was a member of Academica when Kaldish played them in the Portuguese Cup 2018 on that run to the semifinals. The round of 16 was against Academica. And I was actually re-watching highlights of that run er earlier. And I saw and noticed Chiquinho was one of the Academica players that missed his penalty in that shootout that allowed Kaldish to advance to the quarters and then eventually to the semifinals. So uh, Chiquinho has played here before. Um, I don't think an, any other Benfica player has played at this pitch before. And I don't think any college player has played against Benfica before. So this is this is a fresh matchup. This is uh, you know these are twenty two players that have not played basically not played against each other before. Uh, excited to see this, as I've said many times already. Uh, in the attack, uh, I'm gonna guess we see the Rodrigo Pinho or maybe an Enrique Araujo in this one. I'm not sure where where Rogers gonna go with this. I expect to see Musa also get some minutes because he's going to need minutes. Um, and I don't know what the center the center mid pairing will be. Maybe it's going to be Auschnitz and Florentino. Maybe it's going to be Auschnitz and uh, I don't think Enzo's going to play. But maybe it's going to be Auschnitz with somebody else. Uh, maybe we'll see a Diego Moreira or something come off the bench in this one also and get some minutes. Uh, there's no B team match this week, so Roger is at liberty, if you will. Uh, there, he's not holding anyone back by bringing them to this game. Um, they're not missing out on playing time in the B team. So 
Uh, I'm interested to see, but obviously this is a match that Benfica should have wrapped up in the first half hour, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but um, again, I, I think it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, anyone who's ever been to a college match will know uh, in the forest, okay, like I said, the, the stadium is located within the city park, the park, the Skaldish, and um, in the woods, in the Pnyal, as they call it, uh, there's a, it, it's custom to, to have similar to what they do at the Jamur, the picnic. So the fans will be there all day cooking food. Um, it is tradition that the Kaldish fans are very welcoming. They share their food with, with traveling supporters. I don't see why any Befikista would not be treated very, very well at this, at this uh, stadium. Um, there is an element of the city that is a strong sporting uh, Sportingista contingent, but that's in any city. I mean, there's Benficistas in every city. There's Sportingistas in every city. Uh, I don't think that that's going to play into any type of anti-fair uh, anti play or anything like that. I expect nothing but the best from both sides. And I expect Benfica to take home a comfortable victory and move on And because this is one of the objectives of this season. Benfica has to get back to winning titles. And it starts right here this weekend. Um, we, we're on a good roll. As I said in, in the last episode, 17 matches now unbeaten to start the season. This, is a, this has the potential to be a very historic season for Benfica. And, um, of course, some kind of catastrophe here would, would assumingly derail that. And it's hard to fathom. Uh, Befica losing this match, but upsets happen in cup football all the time. Giant killers exist, so you know that possibility is always there. But with the attitude this team has, with this manager, and what they have shown this season, they're not even going to take any. They're not going to take anybody lightly. Not even college. Not anybody. And I expect Befica to put on a very, very professional uh, performance win the match, and get on to focus on Friday's Clásico against Porto. Because, you know, now it's you can see it. it it's, it's on the agenda for the week ahead. Um, my last thoughts on this is it's just I'm, I'm, I, I'm overcome with, with uh, joy about this match and, and what it means for both clubs. Um, well, for Benfica, it's, it's, it's an early round match. It's a chance to... To go to a city they never play in, a place they don't, you know, to play in front of fans who have not seen them in that stadium. Because, like I said, they haven't had an official match there since something like 1956, the last time college was in the first division. So, and that's a match, ironically, that my grandfather used to tell me about. And for some reason, I feel like his recollection of it does not match up to history. Um to what actually transpired, and I haven't had the chance to research it, but uh, but uh, so I'm gonna leave it at that before I talk too much about that. But maybe somebody from the city may know uh, what happened uh, in that match, may still remember it, maybe legend still exists. But um, again, you know, so so many years to finally see this matchup, the matchup that I've always wanted to see in this third round, particularly because this is the round where it's most likely to happen. This is the round where they're most likely to both still be in the competition. Uh, it's going to be a, an absolute, you know, once in a generation moment 
for me, especially personally, because uh, of my connection to to both teams in this one. And um, looking forward to it. I'm going to spend the day with you know my family. I've got my son excited about it. I've been telling my son about this. Um, I'm interested to see, like I said, which players switch jerseys with who or who who's going to ask the Befica players for their jerseys, uh, if anybody. <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking forward to to experiencing it all. And um, that's going to do it for this little mini episode. I've gone about 35 minutes or so. Um, hope everybody watches the match. It's on RTP. One, I don't know if it's going to be on RTP Internacional. I've got my VPN ready. It better work. I've told my dad to get his his uh, Google Fire ready or his Fire Stick ready, whatever it's called. Uh, if we have to stream this one illegally, I don't normally condone it, but I do not want to miss this one. Uh, again, this is a once, for me, a once in a lifetime. And, you know, again, my father's 63 years old. This has never happened in his lifetime either. So you got to go back to my grandfather's time, the last time these two teams played, which my grandfather claims to have been, claimed to me that he was at the match. Um, again, I don't know how much his recollection that he told me holds up to the actual history and, and you know, He's not here anymore to to tell me, <laughs> obviously. Um, I do wish he was here. I think about it sometimes. I have thought about it this week. I do wish he was still here. Um, I sp I've had some conversations with some cousins back there about this match and about my excitement for it. Uh, most of them are 100% in on the on Benfica, uh, the ones that are Benficistas, of course. Um the other side of my family is going to be a hundred percent the other way because they're Spartacus. But it does. I don't know that anyone's going to be able to. That I, you know, anybody in my family is going to be able to land a ticket for this one because the demand is so. It's such a scarcity. You know, there's so few tickets available for this match. But we'll wait and see. I'm really excited about it. Like I've said five hundred times on this episode, if you can't uh, gather it from here, but. Um, yeah, enjoy the match. I'll be back this weekend. Okay, the women's team does play this weekend. I want to talk about that really quickly. Uh, Befica women taking on Fumalico Saturday. This match is scheduled for 10 uh, a.m. Eastern time, according to SofaScore. Uh, I'm going to double check right now on BTV's listing, see if it's listed for BTV Saturday. I stand corrected here. According to the BTV listings, uh, I'm looking at PM, that's why. Give me another moment. I do apologize. Yes, it will. this match will be on BTV Live, 10 o'clock Eastern Time here in the United States, 7 o'clock a.m. Uh, Pacific Time, and that makes it well, 3 p.m. Portuguese Time. Benfica versus Famalicão Liga BPI. This is a tricky fixture for Benfica. They've had trouble with uh, with Fumalico in the past. Fumalico have ta are routinely taking points from top teams. They're one of the four teams that are in the title picture in Portugal. And um, this is a match uh, we need the girls to really, really be focused and to take the take the the three points. It's the final dress rehearsal because. Next week, middle of the week, next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, Benfica travel to the Camp Nou to take on Football Club Barcelona 
in the UEFA Women's Champions League. So again, they're going to want to be as sharp as can be. They're coming back off international duty. Every time Benfica women come back from international duty, we got injuries to deal with. We'll see what kind of uh, we'll see what kind of condition Kika's in. She she had a brilliant goal um, two days ago on on Tuesday against Iceland in extra time to help propel Portugal to the next round, the next round of playoffs for qualifying for the World Cup. It's time to focus. Must win, if you ask me, uh, to keep the momentum going for the Lady Aguish in the Liga BPI as they can as they push now to to push for a third straight championship, obviously with one eye looking ahead to the Champions League and a visit to the mythical uh, Camp Nou to take on a Barcelona. So I'm excited for that match as well. Saturday is going to be a, a huge day of football, and I can't wait. Uh, I'll be back probably recording on Sunday, and I'll have an episode on the women. I'm going to wait for this match against Family Cone before I do the women's episode. And then on uh, probably on the same day, on Sunday sometime, I'll record a a recap of this college Benfica men's Portuguese cup match and uh, tons of modalidades also going on this weekend. So check the listings, support the club, support the team, support the modalidades, support the women's team, get behind the club. Uh, the club needs everybody. And uh, we're off to a great start this season. Let's keep this wave going. Cajega Benfica, Forza Benfica. We are Benfica. And, of course, as always, don't forget the hashtag. If you love football, you love Befica. That's it for episode 144. Mr. Mike Agustinu signing off, and I'll uh, I'll catch you next time here on Mr. Befica. Mm-hmm.